0: Welcome again to No Small Jobs, where we talk to everyday people about the careers they've had. Uh, I am your host, Paul Newen. Uh, thanks to everyone who has listened to the podcast. Um, lots of friends and family there feel free to spread the word Uh, if you like what we're doing here please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts Uh, and make sure you rate and review us five stars please if you do have any Mm. critiques feel free to send them through Um, but don't be mean you know something practical and productive would be really nice Uh, and I'm more than willing to take on suggestions because this is an ever-evolving medium for me Uh, and I'm happy to try and make this the most listenable and enjoyable show it can be. Today, my guest is Wendy. Wendy is a former nurse and currently working as a quality coordinator. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Paul. Uh, so let's uh, let's start with the quality coordinating stuff because I don't know if everyone knows what that is. Can you describe your work for us?
1: Okay, so I work in healthcare. So um, we. Constantly look at the ways that we look after patients and try to make improvements on um, the care that they're given, efficiencies, looking at feedback from patients about what we do right and how we can improve. Uh, And ultimately, we're looking at making the patient experience much better and their outcomes, while at the same time keeping an eye on the financial um, efficiencies um, to ensure that things run smoothly and that we waste... Um, as little time as possible on redoing work that should have been done right in
0: the first place. And that's obviously quite important in our ever-evolving health system. So uh, what what is a, an average day look like for you?
1: Okay, so um, I'm currently transitioning back into project work, but for the last 20 years, Um, an average day would be coming in and um, having a few things that I was focusing on with long-term projects. One of my roles um, in that period of time was actually managing accreditation programs and when I talk about that to people they often say what is an accreditation. I think the best known example of that for people is the When you think about the aged care system and that people come in and check that patients are being looked after to the best of their ability, there's a bit of a checklist um, and that that, that's um, linked to their licensing. And over the period of time that I've been working on it, it's moved from a voluntary process in acute care, acute hospital settings, which is where I work, to a mandatory Um, program with the Australian Commission for Quality and Safety um, overseeing that um, with government support and from the 1st of January um, 2013 it was mandated for all acute healthcare services so there's a whole list of areas that they look at and the expectations of what that would be to make sure that patients are looked after well, from infection prevention to patients being involved in their care to ensuring that they're discharged home effectively. Um, so it's really interesting. There's multiple different projects that may be going on at any one point in time. My recent role, I was actually looking up, working with a group of quality um, managers um, in a large health organisation and. Um, each day there would be something that would come up and people would say oh this has happened you know we could do better and working in a group of people we would actually find that similar things were happening across an organization and then we would look at ways of improving that
0: and so we uh, we're, we're going to come back to your your nursing career in a minute but what what made you uh, what made you enter into the field of quality coordinating
1: okay when i was um, When I was doing my nursing, I was actually um, back working part-time and I was looking around. I'd actually got to a stage where I wanted to change. I wanted to do something else besides the bedside nursing, which I do love, um, but wanted something a little bit more challenging. And I find every couple of years I'll be looking for something different and that's been right through my whole life. I'll, 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 I'll do things, still enjoy it, but want a new challenge. So... Um, And it was the early days when uh, the accreditations were first being talked about. Um, And I kept saying, I don't understand it. And my way of understanding things is to get involved and actually learn about things. So I put my hand up and the unit that I was working in, I ended up becoming the quality rep um, for that organisation. And um, because I was quite passionate about it, I was offered extra opportunities. Um, I worked, I was employed three days a week. Um, but during school terms when the, the children were um, at school, I could actually often work extra days. So I was offered the opportunity to do some project work um, and the projects was great. I could actually sit there and look at um, various things. Like one of the projects I first looked at was orientation. Why are we not getting everybody through orientation? Um, what are the barriers around that to people actually coming in for the day, et cetera, um, and put together a new program. First thing is you go and talk to people and that's what quality is about a lot of time. Going and talking to people and actually saying, you know, this is what's happening, how come, what can we fix, what's working well, Um, how do you think we could improve it? And an example, as I said, with the orientation was the... The catering manager said to me, "Um, it's an all-day orientation. Only half of it's relevant to the catering staff. The rest of it's about, you know, resuscitating patients and stuff. Um, I need them to be making meals. So I said, what's the best half day for your people to go? He told me and we made the program um, that everyone was in that half day. Uh, The full day, the nurses went to the whole lot and we increased the percentage of people going through the orientation from, I think, about 40% up to um, the high 80s, early 90%, which was good. And it was supported by management. The managers had asked me to fix it and then they supported the staff getting off to do that. But it's about looking at things and saying, well, if they're not working, why not? And how do we work together to improve? And I really enjoyed that. So... A few years later, the organisation I was working in was private hospitals at the time. Um, there was a different management system came through that said there should be synergies about um, teaching some people, uh, skilling up some people um, to do things really well, like the quality of people, rather than just tap you on the shoulder and you can help for a little while. Um, so they invested in that and I put my hand up, but it meant that I had to work full-time. Um, My kids were a bit older at the time, Um, my husband and I had a long talk about what that would mean uh, and we decided, yep, I'd put in for that and do it full-time and 20 years later I was still doing it full-time and enjoying it.
0: So, uh, I I don't know how how much you can comment on the difference between when you first started and and now but um, what kind of experience and training is required to get into the quality field?
1: There's um, still no formal training, um, but you would be expected to have um, some sort of um, advanced training in in various fields. There's still a lot of the companies that do accreditation, etc., will run workshops on quality and different aspects of that. Um, some people have. Um, a degree in public health that's often very highly looked at. When I first started, as I said, the organisation that I was in decided that it, uh, rather than not having people trained, they actually felt that they wanted to have their own training program in. And they, when they appointed people full-time, we were taken up for a three-day workshop and taught lots about different um, quality um, tools and various things like that. In Victoria, there's the department support um, people that are working in projects. They actually have to go off to training around project management uh, um, to work in that area. Um, I did an MBA and project management was part of that. Um, but I did the MBA for other reasons than to go into quality, but it certainly helped.
0: What what, what was the purpose of the MBA originally?
1: purpose of the MBA was... <laughs> back into the nursing when I was um, deciding I wanted to, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I'd enjoyed nursing. I'd probably be, been in it for several years. i have been back after having children for five or six years um, and was starting to look at management's side of that, um, which, again, I didn't think I would do earlier on. I loved being at, at the bedside with the patients. But as you grow and you sort of look at things and you think, you know, I could do that. I, I I think there's people I work for that do okay, but I think I could do just as well. And you start to dabble into different um, aspects. But I also knew that um, some people and that had gone off and done university courses um even in things like public health and that it was still quite narrow and i didn't know at that stage whether i actually wanted to stay nursing there were times especially if you've been through a traumatic time and there were times that you lost patience and you had to sit there and go through all of those sorts of things um whether i wanted to to emotionally still commit to that um So I wasn't quite sure. So actually I was in a private hospital, so it was easy enough to actually make an appointment with the CEO um, who I'd first met when she was a nursing coordinator and I asked if I could see her and asked her advice. If I was going to continue on, possibly in health, possibly not, what would she um, advise? And she said, I can't necessarily advise, but I'll tell you what I chose. And she'd actually chosen to... Do an MBA, which at that time were becoming more common, but were still uncommon. With this is in the um, 90s, and she said that that gave her a lot of scope whether she wanted to stay in or out of healthcare, and that was great advice. And I took that and went off and did my MBA.
0: I'm going to play a little bit of ignorance here. What is an MBA? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry, I should. <laughs> it's a fair comment. Master of Business Administration.
0: Right. Okay, okay, so how how long does it – well, at least it, when you did it, how long did it take to complete your MBA? It was 12 units. Um, when I
1: first started, I started in a sort of flexible model, which the group would actually choose how fast you went through, um, which was interesting. I wouldn't do that again, but I did the first four units that way and then I decided that wasn't for me because it took about 18 months and probably should have taken 12 so then I switched to an online university which were really good. They were really good and supportive and they accepted – they had six core units and then you had six electives and they gave me um, – I've forgotten the name of it but um, recognised learning for the four that I'd already done. A couple of others that I'd asked about were going, no, no, if you don't do it at our uni, of course, it's not good enough. And went, yeah, right. <laughs> um, so I actually – did that and um, completed it over the next two years. Um, and I I found that I could use work-related um, examples a lot in my work and that was really good for me, understanding more about um, the hospital systems. Um, I looked at this particular private health organisation and some of its things when we were looking at strategic management, etc., which I found fascinating. I've learnt heaps more than I would have normally learnt if I just worked for the organisation. Um, my kids were studying in, in high school at the time, so they were seeing me down there doing, getting stressed about my exams, just like they were. One of them um, gave me a lot of support with how to write um, academic essays, which was good. So it was actually good for the family as well that we were all sort of in that studying mode at the same time.
0: I imagine it must have been uh, quite a juggle to balance because you, so you were working at the same time as you were studying. Did I hear that right?
1: You did. But when I first started, I was doing. I was employed for three days a week, mm. though during I would often do a fourth one most school weeks. Um, but the last twelve months, I was actually working full time in a new role. Um, yeah, that was an incredible juggle.
0: Yeah, um, how how did you cope with that?
1: supportive family. Um, mm always um, keeping a balance and as I said some of the things that I actually was doing in my study I would do work-related um, things so it meant that some of the assignments I would do would be something I was working on in quality or management at the time as well so then it could be a dual role um, unlike when I eventually went back and did um, a certificate in Alcoff and say graduate certificate in Occupational and safety, which was four units. Um, and that was supported by work and I got one day a month off to actually do that, which was, which was good.
0: Um, in your role as a quality care coordinator, do you have uh, something you're particularly proud of?
1: I get really proud when um, I've been working on something or suggesting something to people. And then they pick it up and run with it. Um, One thing uh, most people wouldn't necessarily know what this means, but it's called clinical handover, and it's basically communicating between changes of shifts about what's happening with patients and a structured approach to that, which is part of the mandated accreditation program. Um, Because communication in all fields, including health, can be where things are missed and how important that is. And one of the groups that I'd worked with, we'd been talking about it. I had at the time I was in private and I actually was looking after three different hospitals and we'd been talking about it for a long time and the unit manager said, I've got I've got people that are interested. In fact they're actually saying to me, You've been talking about it for months, can we get on with it? And they not only got on with it, they actually asked for it to be expanded and and um Took it to a level that I didn't expect it to go, and that's always rewarding.
0: Okay, um, so uh, we're doing the, this thing a bit ask backwards here. So, as, as <laughs> you started in nursing, right? So, yep. so, was that was that your first career?
1: It was my first um, career after school jobs. Yep. Okay, but saying that, I think it's interesting when you actually look at um, at your school. The jobs while you're studying can be a really big benefit to um, your future careers, and I think that's often underestimated. My first job when I was probably 15 or 16, I can't remember, was in a milk bar, Um, followed up after that as a waitress at wedding receptions. Think about it, I've gone into nursing, which is a people-person career, And the skills that you learn by doing retail or um, um, working in service industries anywhere, you know, the people that are nice to you, the people that aren't, and you've got to smile and do your customer service, Um, thinking about people and why they're grumpy that um, you're dealing with. Also, um, in catering, it was a team approach. So there was a lot of teamwork about getting the meals delivered um, smoothly in the background and being invisible um those are life skills that are really important i think um and can set you up with your career and i always wanted to do something helping people um mum said i always had my little hospital set up in the in the in my cubby house with all my dolls having operations or getting dressings on or being looked after so um but those sort of things i think are as i said underestimated when i've did nursing it was the apprenticeship model and I actually applied for two position two different hospitals I think it was only two they're the ones I remember and one of them actually said oh you shouldn't you can't go straight from school you have to have life experience before you do nursing and I went Okay, I get that, but I actually have been working for the last three and a half, four years, Um, so whatever life experience do you expect me to have? I didn't say that, but that's, you know, when they fed that back, I'm just sitting there thinking, "Mm." hmm. The other hospital that I'd applied for, that time you applied for a hospital and were employed, well, for your training, and... They actually were one of the first ones that were doing psychological testing for um, aptitude for the profession. And I got through with no problem and got employed. Um, And I think I did fairly well. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. So I agree with the experience, but you've got to recognise that those sort of things um, that people do um, while they're still at school can be very valuable. Absolutely.
0: Had you, so, so as you mentioned, you know, you, there there seemed to have been hints very early on about your um, your aspirations to enter into sort of a, a helping or caring kind of industry. Mm-hmm. Was nursing your first choice?
1: I I actually um, when we were doing career counselling and that, when there was some really good books at the library about different professions that you could read, and they were sort of like a novel, but they were on professions. And one of the ones that I um, actually was quite interested in was occupational uh, therapy because I love craft and I loved the, the idea of, you know, um, seeing people helped with, um, you know, to cook and to actually um, make the most of their disability and not see it as a, a problem but actually go, I can do this. And... Um, When I was in Girl Guides, we actually did some badges and one of them, we ended up going down to the Repat and actually doing some nursing, like some general sort of nursing stuff. But I remember, and I can't remember how I came across it, but actually going to Austin and um, seeing their kitchens and um, lots of those sorts of things too. Um, But then I decided at, at the time there weren't a lot of jobs for occupational therapists. They were... At the time, only pretty much in hospitals. It's very different now with lots of um, recognition about rehabilitation and moving into the community. But at the time, it was a bit narrow. I figured that nursing, you were always going to be in a job. Okay.
0: Um, <clears throat> uh, other than obviously those two fields, had you ever aspired to be anything else? Any other occupational dreams? No. Nice and Not simple. that
1: I can remember.
0: Okay. Um, so, tell us about your career as a nurse.
1: Okay. So, as I said, it we went into the apprenticeship model, which meant that although the group that I went in, um, they were also first going into universities. So, we did a common first year um, and then we split up into either the hospital-based or the university-based models. Um, but it all, both groups were employed. And I think one of the things in those days... Was that um, we were we were being paid to train? Um, we went through all the shift work. Um, we went; we were allocated different wards. We didn't have to go out and find our own placements, and therefore we were rotated through all all sorts of work: surgical, medical, specialty units. And it gave us a really broad look at what we would want to do in the future. Um, and, by, and at the end of that, we would do um, a graduate year where we're actually um, fully trained. And in those days, that meant you were in, actually in charge of a ward on lots of occasions with student nurses. So quite different model from what it is now. Mm. But the principles are the same. Um, but during that time, I actually um, used to really, when I was doing a couple of my specialty wards and... Um, One of those was acute spinal and in those days um, we were heavily involved in um, looking after those patients from where to go, including when they were ventilated. And I used to really admire the ICU nurses when they would come if there was um, something had gone wrong and they would would come along to help look after the patients and i go, I don't even know what's in that drug box that they've got and I don't like not knowing. So um, within a short period of time after I'd finished my training... I um, applied to do a critical care nursing, which was a big passion of mine. I en- enjoyed the, the holistic looking after a patient um, one-on-one or one-to-two and doing everything for them, making sure all the important things like that their mouth felt fresh, that they, they were. Um, you were there to counsel them because even if they're unconscious, they still need you talking to them. Um, because they can hear. And there were times when there was a lot of um, independence for ICU nurses to actually think and um, be actively involved in the group discussions about the management of patients. One of the intensivists once said, one of the things that's really good about Australian ICUs is the nurses are so well-trained, they will actually alert us that, I don't know what's wrong with this patient, but they're not right. And then... The monitor might change soon after or Their breathing might change, um, and it's rewarding to be able to do that. But there's also the sad side when what? things don't things don't go right, um, and you know you can't save people.
0: Uh, was it, can you think of a particular moment uh, that you felt illustrated that?
1: No no um, no there's there's a few but no I don't want to talk about those ones
0: fair enough uh, so how long were you in uh, critical care nursing for
1: um, I did it for 12 months and then I started my family um, so when my youngest was a few months old I went back and was doing some bank work um, on and off for the next few years when the kids were young and then um, I went back in to the private hospital system working with patients that were like a step down from that, high-dependency patients, um, and they decided they were, wanted to put an ICU in, so they put a whole training program in and I was able to be um, refreshed and skilled back up again, which was really good. Um, then I probably worked in that, I can't even remember now, five, six years full-time about maybe eight or nine and then started to get to dabble into the quality. Okay.
0: Um, having worked both in the public and the private system, I mean, obviously, again, your experiences may not necessarily reflect what's happening now, but did you notice any distinctions?
1: No. Um, I mean, at the time, it, it was easier to get picked up by the private system. They were more um, flexible about actually retraining people. Um, not that I'd been out, I'd only been out for a couple of years, but they were prepared to... At that stage, they were more prepared to put the time in to actually support. I think that's changed. There's a lot of programs out there now. Um, There's a real focus in both about looking after patients, and I think some people think that it's all about money in the private. It's not. Um, There's... There is a business model, but if you are not looking after your patients well, they won't come. So, um, And in the public system, if you um, aren't looking after your finances well, you don't get the equipment and all those other things that you need to actually give best care. So they're different. My my driver has always been around the patients, um, looking after the patients um very much about how I would want my family to be looked after and cared for. And as long as I'm working in an organisation that does that, then I feel good about it. My last four years were full-time in a high-level job in quality in a big public um, health service. And when I was first going there, I was actually saying to someone when I've actually stepped down from that position, which we'll talk about in a minute, Um one of the best things when you're ever going for a job is to sit when people don't know who you are. You, got, you go in either to have a look around, which um, I think I did in this time. I, I'd actually asked if I could have a look around the organisation while I was making up my mind before I applied. And the person said they'd meet me at reception. If you sit opposite a reception for five or ten minutes, you actually get a really good feel for the organisation culture and whether that's one you want to work in. And watching the reception staff treat patients with respect and dignity. Um, if they were lost, them sending them, you know, matching them up with a volunteer who would take them um, the way the volunteers spoke to the patients. You're sitting there going, yep, I, I can work in this organisation. It has the same values as me. Okay.
0: Uh, so you mentioned about your, your transition into your current role.
1: Yep. So uh, about 12 months ago, um, I decided that I would like to um, retire in the next couple of years. So um, that's about a couple of years ago. I'd started looking at winding back perhaps going part-time. Um, and we did talk about some opportunities for me going part-time at that stage um, in the unit I was in. But then I decided after a little while that, to be fair to the next people that came into the, the role... That it would be better if I actually um, stepped completely aside from that and um, they could have, um, they could do it their way without um, me still being around. Um, I've found over my career, even in the 20 years that I was doing quality full time, 16 of those were in the private, but they kept buying and selling. Hospitals, so you actually got moved around. Your jobs kept changing, and I found that really interesting because um, in quality, it's different if you've got um, accident emergency departments in your portfolio to maternity to um, one of the last ones I was working at. Decided to put in a mental health um, unit, so all of those have different aspects that you need to learn. So even though I was technically in the same role. I kept moving around and doing different things and that kept me fresh. Um, Whereas this senior role, I'd been in it for four years and I'd achieved what I wanted to achieve and it uh, was time for me to move on and do something different. As I said, at the same time I was thinking about retirement so I decided to step aside from that and look for some um, part-time work going back to where I originally started with doing some projects and actually focusing on some project work. And it's been a really good transition. It's, um, again, thinking about where you are, what you call values are, and what's what's giving you um, enjoyment rather than just doing the same old, same
0: old. And uh, I guess uh, sort of segueing from that is looking back at your career, is there anything... Having experienced what you've experienced in terms of your careers and with the career shifts and the changing health industry, is there anything you would have done differently?
1: It's No, I wouldn't have done anything differently. Um, with my pathway, I actually thought that I'd go into management. I looked at being a director of nursing at one stage and actually did apply for positions. Um, I think every time you get knocked... and there was unit manager positions earlier on than that where you would be in charge of a ward rather than um, the whole hospital. Each time you put your hand up and you miss out and, you know, like one time um, the interview panel rang me and said, you know, like you were second and they honestly meant that, um, I was told. It's disappointing you think, you know, what if I, if it had been different um how are you resilient around that how do you actually stand up again and and go past that disappointment and it was always um and sometimes I'd be working with those people that had been successful and it's like well that's the way it is and it wasn't meant to be it's not the time so something else is going to come up um and that's my attitude to life as well that if one door shuts another door will open and um I'd missed out on a unit manager position. This the this quality job came up full time, and that was the direction I decided to take at the time. Sometimes later I'd think, "Well, I'm not. I've gone a long way from bedside nursing," but then I don't regret that. I really, I really feel that I've been able to make a difference um, with patients over a long period of time, and a lot of people I've worked with. Because in quality, you. you don't have direct management you have a lot of influencing so it's a whole different set of hr skills that you need when you're influencing people and working through with them to get to get to an end point and a lot of times you don't realize until you actually leave and then people will say oh but you've done this or you've helped me with this or i didn't know this you've taught me um and that's rewarding
0: um would it be accurate to say that so as, as you've sort of moved, moved forward in your career, your priorities have changed in terms of what you want from a job? Yes. Yeah.
1: As I said, for a long time, I wanted to just be at the bedside with patients and then I was interested in doing management positions. Um, my recent position, I've worked with everyone right up to the CEO and with the board and have loved – what I really enjoy too around that is actually having that um, direct experience with them and knowing that how passionate they are about patient care as well. Um, it reinforces if you're having a bad day when you remember that the bosses actually really do care. Um, it's not always obvious. I mean, sometimes they have to make really tough decisions and you don't get it, but you know, there's something. because of where I was, I was often involved with discussions and then saw the public face of the message compared with them going, ah, this is annoying me. I really would like to do it something different. But I get it and that's the way we're going and how professional they are at actually then going and delivering that message. That's true leadership.
0: Okay. So um, starting with the first part of your career, for any aspiring critical care nurses out there, do you have any bits of advice?
1: I think with nursing in general, um, Nursing is so broad. If you go into nursing and you're training and you're not enjoying a particular type of nursing, it doesn't mean that there's not a different field out there. There are lots of fields of nursing that I um, don't believe I could have done on a regular basis. Um, Oncology is one of those, working with patients with cancer um, on a one-to-one long-term. And I have worked with some brilliant people that just... I said to someone one day, how, how do you keep doing that? And she said it's about helping them with dignity and how much she got out of that. Um, you know, I've worked with emergency nurses that just love not knowing what's going to come through the door. Um, ICU is usually a little bit more structured. You usually have at least warning. I worked in elective ICU, so you knew exactly what you were getting. It's about actually sitting there and thinking, what type of nursing do I like? Um, And one of the really important things, not just in nursing but in quality, in management, is find a mentor, someone that you trust and like, that thinks similarly to you, that you're not directly working with. And when everything's – if things are frustrating, you can actually just go and get, um, sit down with them and say, give me some perspective – and they will actually ground you back. Make sure you have life-work balance. When you're going through your careers, some people forget and they actually... It's important to work and to um, commit because they're the people that you will get ahead and you'll get a lot out of actually committing. But at the same time, you need to actually ensure that you have um, your outside life and do things because that will keep your stress levels down and then that's when you're studying, that's true as well. Um, but ultimately, I said this to my kids when they were going through school, you go through school, yes, you might have best mates, but it's not necessarily the same mates you're going to have in another 10 years. It's just like with work. You might work really, really hard. And, but if you leave, they'll miss you, but someone else will fill that position. Mm. Um, so don't burn yourself out for um for a position make sure that that you think objectively and then everybody else will be happier with you and you will actually find you enjoy working better
0: brilliant very sage advice thank you wendy uh so we'll leave it there thank you wendy for coming on to the show uh so for our listeners out there if you liked what you heard please uh, make sure you subscribe uh, rate and review us The more you rate and review the the higher we go up in the charts and the more people find us uh, it's how we become more popular that's what popularity is uh, if you uh, to, to keep uh, updated with any news any updated podcasts or any interesting articles about careers follow us on Twitter at no Small jobs Pod. Um find our Facebook page that's no Small jobs the podcast. Uh, where we'll have updates and, uh, and reminders and even publish up the shows. Uh, I'm always looking for guests. If you have anyone who you want to volunteer or who wish to volunteer themselves, um, feel free to send, uh, post up a message on Facebook and, uh, with a short bio. And if, uh, if you get enough likes, we'll, uh, we'll organize to get you on. You don't even have to be in the same state. Where We, can, we have technology for that. Uh, I'd love to hear from you and, and hear about your, your story and your career path uh so thanks always for listening uh and remember there are no small jobs only jobs you haven't discovered yet